Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, it is a a lovely country, and I do appreciate uh, the spirit of joy that I see in amongst Australians, and that's that's a beautiful thing. And uh, it's been it's been wonderful to be here. It's my second time, and so uh, I'm I'm picking up a little bit more. uh, You know, if you visit a country, how many of you have been to the United States? How many of you? So many of you. That's quite a plane ride, isn't it? Wow, wow, that's way too long in a tin can at 35,000 feet, but wish it was closer nonetheless. Well, um, so my sermon today is a little bit different than normal. Uh, I'm, I preach a lot, but, but typically I don't even preach this way because my, my sermon really today is a story. And um, it's a true story, but it's a story that I've really learned a great deal from as I've thought about it and reflected, it's been a story that's encouraging to me. Um, we have we have a, a, a phrase in America. I don't know if it's here. Probably is, but uh, this, this, there's this phrase that truth is stranger than fiction. You know that one. And so I say that to tell you that the story I'm going to be telling is actually true. It's really true. And in some sense, you may say, "Did that really happen that way?" It it really really did. It's even been verified in in print. Uh, I can tell you that as well. My message today is this, is that adversity can be a blessing. The trials of our life can be opportunities to grow in our faith. Adversities can be a blessing. And my story is this, it's about my best friend, my best mate, you guys might say, uh, whose name is Tim. And Tim and I grew up together, Uh, we played sports together, he and I were uh, tennis players in our, at our high school. We were number one and number two singles players. I never beat him. I was two. But uh, Tim, Tim's great guy, great player, fun guy. He's a lot like Andrew, actually. Uh, I, I, I feel in many ways when I'm with Andrew, I'm with Tim because that, that joie de vivre, that joy of life, that energy and enthusiasm. And that's how Tim always is. Uh, Tim grew up in a Catholic family, and he went to church, but his faith wasn't really important to him. But in later years, uh, it became very important to him. And um, I think he was probably maybe 15 years ago, he went to a, a Protestant church that his wife invited him to go and just really changed his life. His faith life is really dynamic and exciting. But Tim, like Andrew, is fun. Every day is fun. And I'll tell you this little story about Tim that helps explain, I think, or gives light into the other story I want to tell. Um, so Tim's, Tim and his wife, Lori, and my wife, Megan, and I, we vacation together. It's something that we've done for many years. And so a few years back, we were going to Arizona for this lovely vacation time together. And Tim now lives in Denver. I live in Kansas. So we, we were flying on different flights into Phoenix. And so we, we got in there ahead of time. So I texted Tim and I said, hey, just meet us at the rental car. Do you, do, you have, do you call it that? Rental car? Okay. <laughs> Should have guessed. Anyway, so, uh, so I'm at the rental car place like this, and I'm talking to this woman like you, except you were farther. Anyway, so I'm talking to this young woman, and we're renting this car. Well, Tim's, Tim, I, come, he comes into the airport, walking towards, he's probably 100, you guys would say, meters away, and, uh, and he's very loud and boisterous, and he thinks it's very funny that I have my doctorate. He just thinks it's funny that I'm a, I'm a doctorate, of course, an academic doctorate. But anyway, so he starts yelling in the Phoenix airport, is there a doctor in the house? 
Is there a doctor in the house? That's exactly how he's doing it. Now, you shouldn't yell that in a public space, ever, because, you know, typically if someone yells that, they mean someone's in real trouble and, you know, is there an actual doctor in the house? But he's doing it in such a strange way that people are kind of, they don't want to do with him, but just true of Tim. So he's getting closer and he's still yelling, is there a doctor in the house? And I'm ignoring him. So I'm looking to this young woman, I'm saying, yeah, I think, and, and so she sees him when he's not that far away yelling, is there a doctor in the house? She looks at me, looks at him and says, oh good, you're a doctor? <laughs> to which I knew right away. I said, well, miss, I'm not that kind. And before I can end, get the sentence out, she says, wonderful, because I have this rash. <laughs> and she pulls her leg, and she puts her leg on the counter and pulls her pant leg up to show me a rash on her calf. And again, I say, miss, I'm not that kind of a... And she says, do you think this will be cured by an antibiotic or a cream? And I looked at her and I said, you're not hearing me. I'm not that... And Tim looks in and goes... I think a cream will heal that. <laughs> to which I said, Tim, you can't say that. You're an insurance salesman. You can't, you can't give medical advice. I'm not a doctor, miss. I can't. And she goes, uh, it's okay. It, I, it, the cream's fine. So Tim's crazy, all right? Okay, so, so that's the kind of guy he has been throughout my life. And uh, so I, I was completely just thrown and shocked on May the 2nd of last year when I got a call from our mutual friend, Steve, who said, and he doesn't, Steve doesn't call me a lot. So you know when you have those friends that call and you don't, they don't call a lot, right? You freak out. So Steve's, Steve's calling. So Steve calls and he says, hey, 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 just don't, don't get too worried. Hey, here's the thing, Jim. Um, Timmy was in a real bad accident. I said, okay, what? He goes, well, he, was, you know, he, he rides his bike a lot. He's a bicyclist. And he was riding his bike and, and he got hit. And it was, it's pretty bad. He's banged up. He's in the hospital. He's alive, but it's not great. And so, but he, you know, I wanted you to know about that. And so uh, just, you know, pray for him and whatnot. And I said, hey, Steve, you know, I appreciate you letting me know that. And, and thanks for that. So I, I, you know, we get off the phone. And of course, you know, what do you do with news like that? And, you know, he, I didn't get a lot of information. I, he, I heard broken bones. I heard, I didn't know what I... So I just, I prayed, I just was praying for Tim, and then I thought, well, I can't talk to him right now, obviously he's in the hospital, but, so we text, so I, I pulled out my phone, I sent him a text, I said, hey brother, I heard what happened, praying for you, I know God's with you, um, I'll be standing with you in prayer. So I'm thinking, well, I won't hear from him, you know, for a while, um, and so my phone buzzes 10 minutes later, and Tim texts me, and uh, this is, this is what his, his text said. Uh, for, the first thing he said was, pray harder, brother. <laughs> then he said, this is what his text said, broke eight ribs, multiple pelvic breaks, broken sacrum, collapsed lung, broken tailbone, internal bleeding. And then he writes, but I'm alive and God is good, Smitty. That's what he calls me. I'm thinking, this is a weird text. You know, he, he's been banged up and... Here he is, this is what he writes, and he ends it with that. Actually, that wasn't the, the actual ending of the text, because um, I have a podcast, it's called Things Above, 
And it's kind of a devotional podcast with uplifting ideas. And Tim's a huge listener. His actual last part of the text was, I'm alive, God is good, Smitty. And then he says, and by the way, I didn't get the podcast this week. (laughs) Why are you thinking about that? So over the the course of the next uh, few days, I got to speak with him. And then over, you know, every few days, we check in and and talk to him. I said, you want me to fly to Denver? He said, no, 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 I'm doing fine. Just, you know, keep praying and keep talking to him. And so uh, in one of our conversations, probably maybe the second week into his, after the accident, um, he wrote this, I should have died, Jim, but I didn't. So I've decided to make each day count. That really struck me that that was his response to what happened to him. Um, later, it was discovered in, you know, when the police did the report that he was hit. The woman was going about 35 miles an hour who hit him. Tim's an avid biker. He bikes about 100 miles a week. Um, but he was hit and he rolled over the top of the car. He ended up traveling about 50 feet. And the way he landed, he broke a lot of bones, but he was able to survive it thanks to a good helmet and other things. But he recognized in, this, in that situation, I should have died. Like, that should have been the end for me. But I didn't, so I've decided to make each day count. And then in a conversation not long after that, this is what he said to me, there's so much to live for. There's so many people to love, so many things to do, and God is so amazing. And every time I'd get off the phone with him, I would think, I'm supposed to be like encouraging him, and he's blessing me every time. When I get off the phone, I'm like, wow, God is good. God's amazing. Life is amazing. And I just kept thinking, how is it that this person who's gone through what he's gone through is reacting this way? Because that's what's really stunning to me. And then he said this, this was probably, now he had to wear this, this um, he was in this, this uh, thing that held his pelvis together. He couldn't move for 10 weeks. And so he would just get in his wheelchair, he would park his, his wheelchair outside his garage and just neighbors would come by and he'd bless them. That's what he was doing. And so, uh, so we're talking one day, and this is what he said to me as well, that I, I had to write this down. He, sort, he said, what happened to me was a great blessing. What happened is a great blessing. These last few months of recovery have been way more positive than negative. I know that's weird coming from a guy who almost died. Way more positive than negative. Stunning, really, to me, to think that someone could have faced that kind of situation and their reaction is, this whole situation has been more positive than negative. So Tim continued to inspire me over and over, and I was thinking one day, and I was reading this devotional book by a guy named Adrian von Kamm, and von Kamm wrote these words, when the clock of one's own crisis strikes, the hour for believing in the benevolence of a mystery, uh, of a greater mystery is near. When the clock of one's own crisis strikes. That's the nature of our lives. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. It's the nature of life. But von Kamm is saying, when the clock of crisis strikes, and it strikes for us in different ways. It's, it's has been, I mean, I don't know your story, but I bet you, if we started just sharing, you could tell stories of, of severe things, of troubling things, of those moments that happen. But what von Kamm is saying 
when the clock of that crisis strikes, and it will strike, there's the opportunity for believing in the benevolence of a greater mystery, and that greater mystery, of course, is God. But the question is, where are we going to turn? In the midst of those, when, when crisis and trial happens, many times we turn inward, and we do focus on that bad thing that happened to me with anger and frustration that leads to despair and bitterness. Or we can turn it toward God and say, what can happen in the midst of this? And that's why this verse from James, which is on the surface, it's one of the more frustrating verses in the Bible. It's a, it's a well-known verse. But when James says, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of any kind, count it nothing but joy. Well, come on, James, really? Because that's not my first reaction. Hey, let's, let's count this as joy. That wasn't my first reaction when I got the phone call from Steve. My first reaction wasn't, well, this is joyful. Tim got banged up. How joyful is that? But what James understands, and if you look at the whole verse, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and this is the secret to this, see? Our capacity for joy increases, increases when we face our trials with a focus on God. Our capacity for joy increases when we face our trials by framing it in light of what God can do in the midst of it. Because it says the testing of your faith produces endurance. Faith is just trust. I prefer the word trust to faith because I think faith, for many people, faith is like trying to believe what you don't, like grit your teeth and try to pretend you do. But faith is trust. Faith is trust. It's confidence. It's saying, I am going to trust that there's a benevolent mystery that can do more than I can imagine. One of my favorite quotes of all time, oddly doesn't come from a Christian <laughs> that we know of. Uh, I don't believe he was a believer, but it's from Philo of Alexandria who said, be kind to everyone you meet for we're all fighting a great battle. It's really, it's one I think of quite a lot because when you meet people, I mean, we don't usually present with what we're struggling with. That wouldn't be right. But we are. We are all facing things. Every, maybe it's not a big one, you know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a, a troubling, very difficult situation. Or maybe it's just, well, I'm having trouble with a coworker, or I'm concerned about a loved one. But we're all having stuff, right? But what are we going to do with that when we face those trials? Are we going to turn in toward the bitterness? Or are we going to turn out and say, what can God do? with that. One of the last things Tim said to me, this was, this was after he, was, he had really a massive recovery. Uh, his, his physical recovery astounded the doctors and nurses. Because every day the doctors and nurses would come in and say, well, here's what we're doing, Tim, and say, awesome, let's do it. How are you today? By the way, what's your name? And he would learn their, their names and their families. He became like a hero in the hospital. They loved him. And they would say, Tim, we wish our patients had half of your confidence and your faith and your attitude. So he went through this massive healing. So he was about not quite three months into the, to his recovery, and he played golf. And he called me and said, Smitty, I shot an 81. 
I can't remember last time I shot an 81. I don't know what God's doing. Anyway, so this recovery is pretty much, so one of the last things he said to me was this. He said, this much I know, Jim, some say I caught a bad break. And he would talk about how people would say that to him. They would, they would come and they'd hear about what happened and they would just look down and Tim, what a bad break. And he would say, that's not how I see it. I know more than ever that I have a chance to make a difference with my life and I'm gonna do that. Every day since the accident, I've kept my eyes wide open. What an attitude to have what happened and say, no, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to keep my eyes wide open. It's an amazing story, isn't it? And it's true. And if I just stopped here and sat down, I'd like to think you probably heard some good news today, something encouraging, something to apply. But the story isn't over. In America, there was a famous radio personality named Paul Harvey. I don't think he got down here, but Paul Harvey would tell a story and then he'd stop at a certain point and he'd say, and now the rest of the story. So here's the rest of the story. On July the 20th, Tim took his father to church on a Saturday night. His father's 90 years old and is legally blind, but Tim drives up to Boulder from Denver to take his father to church on Saturday. They went to church, and the the preacher preached a sermon on King David, and his message was essentially, David was a flawed person, but God used him, and God can use all of us, even though we're flawed. And so Tim said, I left that worship service on this Saturday night, and I said, God, I'm flawed. (laughs) <laughs> but you, you can use me. I know you do, and I'm living that way, so I'm excited for how you're going to use me. So he's driving home. It's about uh, 6 o'clock. It's a rainy late afternoon in Boulder, Colorado, dark rain. Tim's driving along this highway about 55 miles an hour, and as he's driving, he glances to his right, for what, didn't know why, he just happened to glance to his right. And he says, wow, I think I saw something. He didn't know what he saw. He said, I think I saw something. So he turned to his dad and he said, I think I saw something. Did you see it? And his dad said, Tim, I'm legally blind. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, right. He said, no, I think I saw something. I think it might've been a pair of eyes. I don't know what I saw, but I've got to turn around. So he turns around And he goes back to where he thought he saw something. He pulls his car over the side of the road. He and his dad get out. They walk over, and they see a young man lying in a ditch. And his dad stumbles upon a bicycle. And he realizes right away that this young man had been hit. But unlike Tim, the driver, whoever it was, drove away and left this guy. And so they call 911, and... and Pretty quickly, Tim kneels down and discovers this guy's more banged up than he was. But he kneels down. He says, help's on the way. He learns his name. He goes by Bernie. That's his nickname. And he says, Bernie, hang on. He said, I got hit by a car too. And I'm 58 years old. And look what they did to me. They fixed me. They can fix you. You're a lot younger than me. And over the course of their time together, he learned his name. He learned about his fiance's name, his brother, the people he loves, And he just kept saying, hang on. And at one point, Bernie said, Tim, 
I've been here for 40 minutes. I looked at my watch after the accident and I've been, I've been laying here for 40 minutes. And every time I'd hear a car come by, I just had, because he'd broken some, he broke his spine in parts, they learned later. They said, every time a car drove by, it, it took everything I could just to raise up. And then the car would drive by and I'd lay back down. Been doing that for 40 minutes. And he said, I hadn't heard a car for a while until I heard your car. And I'd raised up. And when you drove by, I laid back down and I said, that's it. That's all I got. And I was resigned that that was it, that I was going to die right then. But you turned around. Well, they were able to get Bernie to the hospital. And Tim became pretty good friends with Bernie. He began to visit with him and to learn his story. And what he learned was that Bernie actually is a professional cyclist. He was training up in Boulder, Colorado at the velodrome that day and had finished his practices and was on his way home. And he told the story about what happened. And, um, and Tim said, yeah, I went to church. <laughs> and there was a sermon. And I left the sermon thinking, God, use me. And so it turned out that this, this bicycling magazine out of Boulder, Colorado, did this big story on Bernie. And he told the story. He's, and Bernie's not a believer. But Bernie said, this guy went to church. And he told God to use him. And he, he somehow was an angel. And if he hadn't stopped, I'd be dead. And Tim was thinking about that. And his dad uh, asked him later, he said, Tim, do you think if you hadn't been in that accident, you would have seen him? And Tim said, I don't know, Dad. I just know I've been a different person since the accident. And later that night, as Tim was going to bed, the Holy Spirit whispered to him and said this to him. I used your eyes because you're the only one who would have seen him. I used your eyes. You see, God isn't looking so much for our abilities as our availability. Tim's situation that others would say, that's a bad break, for him became an opportunity to grow. And through it, he became the kind of person who said, God, you use me however you want. I'm flawed, but use me. And God chose to do that. It's our willingness to turn to God in adversity and say, what can happen now? And what can I do? How can I live my eyes, my life with my eyes wide open to something that you might want to do? There's a picture of Tim and Bernie. They've become really good friends. And uh, every time they're together, Tim uses that opportunity to say, you know, there's a God who put us together. <laughs> and Bernie's open to faith. Well, if that was all I needed to tell you today, that'd be pretty good. But the story isn't even over completely. So about three weeks ago, um, Tim's wife told him, Lori said, you know, the woman who hit you, she was very distraught after she'd hit Tim. She thought she killed him. She thought he was paralyzed. For, you know, 
And she, she said, Lori said, you know, I've stayed in contact with her. She asked me to do that. And, and um, man, I learned something. I learned that ever since the accident, she can't sleep. It's hard to tell the next part of the story. So Tim said to Lori, I want you to set up a meeting. I want to see her face to face. So they met face to face. And Tim grabbed her by the shoulder and said, I want you to see me. I'm doing well. I've been healing. What happened to us brought us together forever. Let's don't see that as a bad thing. Let's see what God can do through that. And the woman said, I just want to do something for you. What can I do? And Tim said, there's just one thing I want you to do. Forgive yourself. And she began to cry. And then Tim said, and there's one more thing. I want to tell you a story. He told her the story about Bernie. And she went through a box of Kleenex. What can I do for you? Isn't that interesting? See, kingdom provision, living life in the kingdom of God, that unshakable kingdom that Andrew talked about, provides this ways of our stories intersect, and it never ends. It goes on and on. But it depends if we're going to turn in confidence and trust. What can you do, God, through this? I'll be available. Romans 8.28, God can work all things together for good. Our adversity can break us, or adversity can be a blessing. If it helps us to live in trust and live with eyes wide open. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give thanks that you are a good, good father. It is who you are, and you love us, and you're with us, and you can do amazing things. Sometimes it's our trials that become those opportunities, but they can become a blessing when we turn to you, and we're grateful for what you do. And for all this, we give thanks in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.